So we know that every day we can't afford to waste the opportunity. Every day is an opportunity. Every day is a privilege. When it goes, we don't have to bring it back. We can't. So that we can pay attention to your word. Because only to your word can we maximize every day. By the help of your spirit. Help us to hear you. Help us to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're into 2024. I can tell you this. Before long, we'll be into 2025. It doesn't take anything. 2025 comes here. So you need to make sure that every day of this year, uh, you have to do what God planned for you to do. Make use of that day. Life is a gift from God. If you do my type of job, and you see many people die, some die in your presence. Some die in your presence. Some of them, you have to pray and release them to them. This happened to me a couple of times. The Lord said, you are keeping that person here. I said, how? He said, because you don't want me to take it. I want her to go. And I went to the hospital to the family. I said, the Lord said, I need to release this, your relation to go. And then immediately we finished that prayer. The monitors began to be boom, 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 boom. He just passed it. Couple of times. That will tell you how frail life is. If you are, if you are holding on to things and fighting over them, release them. I've been when people want to pass away. I found out that at that point, all their mortgages and all they own doesn't count. At that point, it doesn't count. At all. It doesn't count. All the things you fight over will not count. The last moment of your life, you won't remember them. You say, how do you know? Because I've been there a couple of times, not a few times. So I know when it starts time, all they're thinking about is God. At that moment, they want prayer, they want this, it's God, God, God. So you need to make sure that you're, you're working with God every day of 2024. Can I hear amen? That's why our team is to develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And we started with prayer. Prayer is one way you can share your life with the Holy Spirit. Prayer is having fellowship with God the Father, talking to the Father, through God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit performed the earth. So prayer is where you have, it's a, it's a privilege, where you have fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all involved in our prayer. So starting with prayer is very important. It's not just to get things from God, but also to let God do things in your life. So I want to talk about prayer, and then I talk about the Holy Communion, and then we take the Holy Communion. John 16, 24 says, He that have you asked nothing in my name, ask and you shall receive, that your joy may be what? Full. It's not full, it's called full. Your joy may be full, not full. Full is F-O-O-L. F-U-L is full. I will talk like you are from Oka. Your joy may be what? Full. How long? Will I teach Bible? Teach English too. <laughs> 
God said, I want you to ask, so you receive. I want you to, there's nothing. I mean, it's, it's such an exciting thing when your answer, when prayers are answered. It's one moment of your life, you're full of joy, you're full of excitement. I mean, you can't even measure it. What our Lord is talking about here. You can't measure it. So he said, ask, shall you receive? So your joy shall be what? Full. See, if you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't ask, you don't get. In James 4, 2, you lost and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not. You quarrel, you fight, you blame God, you blame everybody. You know, God said, all that you are doing won't even help you. He said, all that fighting and quarreling is because you ask not. He said, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. So you are praying wrongly. You're not praying the way you should pray. And they say the purpose is selfish. Once we live a selfish life, we're not living the love of God. Because the love of God is selfless. He said the purpose is always selfish. So we have to pray and pray the kind of prayers that really is not selfish. You pray for the work of God. You pray for the things of the kingdom of God. You pray for yourself, pray for your family, but let that not be the end of your prayer list. You have to add things that you care and you love Jesus about the things of God. It should, it should, you should be concerned. It should be part of your prayer. Again, the scripture tells us to pray with um, all prayers. At this time we're praying, you should pray with all prayers as the Spirit inspires you. We have prayers that the Holy Spirit teaches the church to pray in the, in the New Testament. We have prayer of consecration, which is one prayer you should be saying by this time. And I pray that over you every Sunday, every Thursday, because the Lord instructed me. Prayer of consecration, where you consecrate yourself to God. Very important. Where you lay that altar again. Very, very important. Then you have prayer of praise. Because it's not just asking, 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 asking. You should also praise, 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 and then praise. You have prayer of praise. You have prayer of, uh, we call it prayer of, prayer of agreement. You have congregational prayer that we do here. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to teach into all that, but all these prayers are in the Bible. And you have, you have a prayer in the spirit, which is one of the most powerful ways you pray. Because the spirit of God takes over your spirit and prays through your spirit. That's why you don't have understanding what you're saying. It's not for your intellect. For that's the way to pray the will of God most perfect. So in this time, you should pray in the spirit a lot. I pray in the spirit a lot, 90% of the time. Most of the things I preach, I get when I'm praying in the spirit. I get it, I jot it, and I'm praying, I jot it, and I'm praying, I jot it. A few days ago, I just prayed for a while. I mean, for a long time. And I said, now, can I sleep? Immediately, I put my head on the bed. The Lord said, you write this one. I said, Lord, 
I'm just wanting to sleep. <laughs> they get up and write it. You don't operate your time. You operate his what? Because he gives sleep. So if you're not praying this prayer, you're going to miss a lot. Because it really, it really activates your spirit. It really activates. A lot of revelation comes when you pray in the spirit. A lot of revelation. A lot of wisdom is imparted in. So we should pray in the spirit at this time. You know, there are also a prayer of asking for things, you know. So you have to pray as the Holy Spirit inspires you in all this time. The Ephesians 6, 18. Praying always with all prayer. Not one prayer. All prayer. All. All of them. As the Spirit inspires you. And supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. See? So it's not a selfish thing. The Holy Spirit didn't give us selfish prayer topic. He said, pray all manner of prayer, but, and they pray for all saints. You can go down and see where I say, pray for those in authority. So we have to pray in faith. James 1, 6. But let him ask in faith, not in wavering. It's not every prayer that God answers. It's not every prayer. It's not every prayer. It's not even everything you say that God listens to. Because some of it is not prayer. Some of it is just complaining. You go there and complain and be murmuring right before God. That's not prayer now. So we have to learn to develop our faith. I was teaching it on Thursday. I don't know how many of you listen to those teachings. I took it to God. I said, look at you. Look at the people. I said, see. Look at them. I don't know if you listen to them. I keep hammering it. I keep hammering it. Develop your faith. Develop your faith. Stop junketing around, begging for prayer, wasting your time. You will contact demonic spirits if you are not careful what they do. What you are looking for in Sokoto is in your, right there. Develop. You cannot have effective relationship with the spirit of God if you don't develop your faith, you're not going to walk with God when you can't believe him, when you can't trust what he said. Every relationship is built on trust. You can't. You're not going to experience much with God if you're not going to develop your faith. Everything you get from God comes through faith. Everything. You are saved by grace through faith. Prayer of faith is the Read your Bible. By faith you stand. Faith is your shield. Faith is your victory. The, Paul said we preach the word of faith. We preach the word of faith that produces faith. So you, have, you live a life of faith. And without faith you cannot. It's not just you cannot. God said it is impossible. So can a Christian live a life that is not a life of faith and thinks it's pleasing God? Of not believing the Bible. This thing is breaking. It's part of not believing the Bible. That you think you are, you are pleasing God when you don't even know what faith is. You don't even know what they are living the life of faith. You don't even understand what faith is all about. 
And when he's being taught here in series upon series, you didn't listen, you thought it was not important. Do you have anything better than what God is telling you? You have to develop your faith. It's important. Two things, I keep saying it, you must understand grace, understand faith. You must, you just have to. Everything God is giving you is through grace. And you receive it only by faith. So you have to pray in faith. Acts 4.24. And when they heard that, they lifted up their... Oh no, James 1.6, sorry. But let him ask in faith, not in wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Verse 7. Can we read verse 7 together? One, two, go. Let's go. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of them. He said, if you're not going to pray in faith, you won't receive anything. Now we read things like this. We shove it aside because we think we have a better way. That's what people who don't know God do. I said it here. I'm saying it again. When you don't know God, you worship an idol. You are going to create your own type of God, and you have what you do, you think, you think. Again, human mind, which is worthless when it comes with dealing with God. The Bible says that all the, everything from human wisdom is worthless with God. God doesn't work with it. You think this thing you are doing is the kind of thing that pleases the God you've created in your mind. That's why people worship idols. That's why people are greedy. Because they think, I have to cheat to get. The Bible said that a greedy person is an idol worshiper. He worships himself. If you don't have a correct image, understanding of God, in your, because human beings crave to worship God. If they don't know, they make images. They make images. Because man knows he's lost without God. So if you're not having a proper image of Christ, understanding who Jesus is, you're going to create your own God. And nobody will convince you you're doing the wrong thing. Nobody. Because you are so convinced. You know, when they killed Jesus, they thought they were doing God a favor. <laughs> you couldn't talk them out of it. They say it's worthy of death. Our temple. He said we break. He destroyed our temple, build it in three days. He must die. And he calls himself the son, child of God. He's making himself. That's why they killed him. So he's calling himself the child of God. He's making himself. This thing caught. Give me this big hand. Praise the Lord. Are you following me? Yes. These are so critical in walking intimately with God. That you come to church and go does not mean you are walking with God. That you're even a pastor doesn't mean you are walking with God. It doesn't mean you are walking with God. Once you start walking with God, your character will show. That's, that's where you find it. Oh, it will show in how you relate with people, how you talk, how, when you, how, you relate with, how you deal with challenges, how you deal with your own mistakes, how easy it is for you to accept your fault. You don't fight over those things anymore because you found the presence of God. In fact, you become nothing. Nobody knows God who is proud. 
What pride? Nobody. To correct you, you become easily entreated. Do you want me to turn to the right? Please turn. I'm turning. Why? You know a presence whose glory you can't afford to miss. You can't afford to miss it. Let him ask him faith. Again, how do I pray a prayer of faith? It comes from hearing God. The scripture says faith cometh by hearing. And hearing. So you have to hear God. So how do I hear God? You don't have to wait for, if you're waiting for audible voice, demons will accommodate you. That's the easiest way to go crazy. Don't do that. You may spend your whole life not hearing audible voice. Please don't ever seek audible voice. Don't. God speaks to you in your spirit right inside of you and speaks to you at least, at least you are sure of this one scripture. You know the early church knew that this is not just Bible. They know that this is the voice of God. When they read it, they knew this is not why I read this scripture here. For instance, this brother came and read scripture here. That was God talking to us. I've said it here. I said, when you begin to know God, God starts teaching you his values. <laughs> I'm not making it up. Your values change. The things that used to be important to you, they disappear in a hurry. When you hear his voice, you straighten up. You straighten up. You know this is his voice. When I bring back, I say, Lord, this is your voice. This is you talking. When I'm reading it. My first pastor used to read it on his knees. Whom we go on his knees, say, this is the voice of the living God. You don't have to kneel down to read it. But he found that I am listening to God. Otherwise, you wouldn't even care when they are reading. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't even bother. It wouldn't mean anything to you. You'd be sleeping. Again, it's all part of not knowing God. If you don't know his voice, it's part of not knowing him. You remember, you remember the young man, the young prophet who didn't know the voice of God. Who was that? Huh? Huh? Samuel. It's not Samuel. 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 Did I say Samuel? <laughs> my pastor see me see wahala. my talk. He didn't know the voice of God. So when God called him, who did he go to? He went to human being. That's what people do. When they don't know the voice of God, they keep going to human beings. Prophets and this. They don't know the voice of God. When you hear his voice, if he calls you, you are still. And know that he is what? Is God. Part of knowing him is identifying his voice now. If you know me, if you know me, even if I'm in the room talking, say, that's Pastor talking. Because you know my voice. When I was preaching it here, knowing the voice of God, it's part of knowing God. Again, this is the thing that intimacy brings. Do you know that intimacy develops? People who have been, I'm not, I don't mean born again coming to church. I mean, people who have developed. Can I have another microphone? This is not working. It's breaking.
Praise the Lord. Ah, this is better. So you, you have to, I mean, if you want to develop faith now by hearing God, how can you develop it when you don't know the voice of God? How can it come? So even if when he's talking, you wouldn't know his voice. Wouldn't. Somebody told me, he said, I listened to the Bible teaching on Thursday. He said, when I went to bed, it was ringing in my spirit. He said, the joy brought me. In my heart, I said, somebody didn't even hear what you heard. Acts 4.24. And when they heard that, they lifted up the, their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art what? God. Oh, man. You are God. Regardless of what? You are God. We know you as God. And nothing changes this. You are God. Who made what? Heaven and the sea and all that in them. Who by the listen to them. Who by the mouth of who? That servant David had said. Even though David wrote it, but you said. We heard your voice. We heard you. You see how they started to address him? That our God, you made heaven and earth. In spite of all the things, tr trouble, all of that thing, they were addressing God with reverence appropriately who he is because they know him. He said, you spoke, you, you said through the through your voice came through David. David had died many years before, but he wrote this thing by your inspiration. That's your voice. So you start your prayer by hearing God. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you desire, it shall be done for you. Jesus said, once you hear me, if you get my voice in you, then you can ask anything and get it done. Get it done because faith will come. He just gave us the key to prayer. If, number one, you abide in me, and my words abide in you, conditional. You ask what you desire, it shall be done for you. Period. Proverbs 4.24. Proverbs 4.20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sins. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them where? In the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. Who find them. Who Fine. Not who read them. You need to locate the voice of God in the Bible. You need to. I, I was telling Chuka, you know me and Chuka were friends. We, we worked so fine. I was telling, I said, Chuka, before I came to preach Bible studies, I said, the Lord brought the scripture before me. I'm not making it up. <laughs> it was just right there. I said, Lord, this is you. 
and he was addressing something else. And said, if you don't resolve this here now, this pulpit you are going to preach will be blanked. That's what I knew. He didn't say that, but I knew that's what he meant. And Choka said, give me the scripture. I, <laughs> before I could say, I got it, Pastor, I have it now. See, because he has value for it too. He has value for it too. He said, I want to have it too. Let me, let me, let me read it. You have to find, if it's sickness, find scripture. Find what God said about sickness now. He said something about it. Find it. Say, Lord, open my eyes. Open my, I need to hear you out of this. I need to hear you. Because if you, this word abides in me, then whatever I ask comes. Whatever that situation is, there is something God said to you about it. In that your Bible. In that your Bible. There is something. There's a promise that goes with it. The Holy Spirit said, if you find it, locate it. So you start your prayer by locating the scripture that will give you faith. Jesus said, if it abides in you, then you are ready to pray, then you get the answer. Because without faith, you can't get anything. And remember that the word of God is his oath. It's his promise. The word of God is God's oath and promise rolled into one. So that thing God is telling you, you can, you can stake your life on it. Again, if you are operating in fear, it's because you don't, you're not hearing God. Because the enemy will try to spook you. What is spook? Dave, what is, what is this? Did I use the proper word? Spook. Huh? To scare you, right? I got this one. Woo, awesome. Spook. Pastor, I will never enter trouble. <laughs> Spook. Yeah. Spook. He does that all the time. Because fear is what he uses. God uses faith. He uses fear. He tries to spook you. He would, in your heart, in your mind, you, you think you are the one thinking, but he's the one suing that thought in. How this thing will kill you. This will work. I remind you that your past failures. And God said, remember not the what? Former things. So you think it's God reminding you of your past, past failures? He will remind you. Trying to make you afraid so you believe that, that this is a useless, worthless. When God spoke to Abraham, a hundred years he was still expecting to have what? You know what he did? He refused to listen to the devil. Because the devil was, would point him to Sarah and point him to himself. The Bible says he made up his mind not to listen. What did he listen to? He gave attention to what God said. The scripture said because of his faith, because he did that, Isaac came. So God's word is his oath. This is promise, rolled into one. If you hear it, you can stake your life on it. He said, Pastor, what will happen? What will happen is what God said will happen. I don't care the circumstances. What will happen is what God said. The, the devil can crawl all over the town, all he wants to. Make, try to frighten all he wants to. Ignore him. Give him gift of, gift of what? Silence. Ignore him. 
He can come from Christians, unbelieving believers, fire extinguishers, and there are many of them. They come. He will bring you people you respect. Honestly, the choice. You know, when we were coming to this country, me and my wife, we went to see one of the most respected pastors. I said, let me go and tell him what God is sharing with me. Even to see him was Wahala. And by the time we saw him, the negative report he gave us, he said, you people shouldn't go to that country. He said, they don't go to church. They gave us all the catalog of negative things they do. And he said, in fact, when he finished with us, we were like chicken, rain, fellow. This is somebody you, you look up to. But when we left that place, I told my wife, I said, this is not God's voice. No, I know what God said. I said, I never prayed to go to America. I never desired to go. Our ministry was blossoming. I was all over Nigeria. We were planting. We were going to teach church. The place was, we had very, very effective ministry. Queen's College, we were conducting service the whole school. Every morning, 5 a.m., God gave all of them to me. Thousands of students. How do I miss that? Hebrews 6, 13. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since, listen to what God is saying to you again. Please listen. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name. Why did God swear to you? For you. Why? Listen. Saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Just like God says, I've healed you. He says, surely, Jesus Christ has borne your what? Sicknesses and carried. The same way he said to Abraham, certainly. Certainly. When God says, Look, I've given you a new life. I've destroyed the power of sin over you. It's an oath. It's just not word. God swore. What God is saying, when I, what I told Abraham was an oath binding on me. The same way my word I give you is binding on me. I am bound to perform it or I become a lie. Then he says, 15, then Abraham waited patiently and received what God has what? Promise, verse 16. Are you following me? Is it very cold? Okay. Verse 16. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. God also bound himself with an oath. <laughs> I don't know if you get this. If God says to you, Dave, I have healed you. What God is saying is that this word I gave you has bound me as God must perform it. Must. It's not that God said, let me swear. No. What he's saying is my word binds me like an oath bounds somebody. Verse 7. 17. Let's read 17 together. Can I have 17 up there? Let's go. One, two, go. God also did what? Bound himself with an oath. 
so that those who receive what they promise could be perfectly sure that he will never change his mind. He said, that's why I did. I'm bound by it. So you can, I know what you're dealing with. I understand where you live. I understand the spirit that is challenging you. I know you're difficult. You're limited. I understand all of that. So I gave you this so that you'll be sure that I will never change my Because things may not change immediately. For Abraham, it didn't. It is. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, you and I, all of us, we, therefore we, who have fled, they've come. They've come again. Come, I know it's me and you. We are going to be preaching together. Ihoma and the Kurobia join together. So Dave is here. God is saying, I fled to him. You know what fleeing means? You have an issue and you run to God. He said, You have fled to me for refuge. When you came praying, when you came seeking me, when you take my word and say, I believe it, all the, your, what you have done, you have, you have come to me to hold me as your... God says, I know that. I understand it. He said, when you come to me to hold me as your refuge, I give you my word. This, why doesn't it change automatically? I don't know, but it may not change immediately. If I may get worse. Because there's an enemy trying to take away your hand from, from him and say, come out of there, you can't trust him. Come out. Because says, if he's telling you to take your hands off me, remember that I have sworn an oath to you. That this word I gave you can never change. And it's impossible for me to lie to you. Praise the Lord. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. How many of you understand that? Because what we struggle is in this holding, and the enemy comes to say, take off your hand. He's trying to, he's fighting out of it while believing him. Look at what's happening. He can't do this. No, God said no. See that word I gave you? It can't change. And I can't change my mind. And I can't lie. So why am I saying this? So when you come to prayer, and you find the word of God that promises you what God said in prayer, you are on good grounds. Man, there's no better grounds to be there. You're on good grounds. Instead of looking for a prophet, look for his word. Amen? I said amen. You know, some people come to me. Sometimes they're waiting to hear what, if I'll give them prophecy. <laughs> I don't have any now. <laughs> I can't manufacture one. And I leave them standing there. Because I'm not here to impress you. I have somebody standing there. I'm more concerned about what he thinks about me than what you think. I'm giving account of my life to him. Praise the Lord. Whether you know it or not, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And so he's there with me. 
My goal is to make sure that I please him. So verse 18 says, so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great what? Confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. As we hold to that expectation that God said this thing. This is true. I don't care what's happening. This is true. So we need to focus on what God has said instead of any other thing. In 2 Peter 1.19, because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophet. You must, you must pay close attention to what they wrote. God spoke through the mouth of David. He spoke through the mouth of Isaiah. He spoke through the mouth of those prophets. They, they say, pay close attention to what they wrote. For their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place. He said, why doesn't it work automatic? Now we're seeing the reason. Because what, goes to, what God tells you may not have gotten into your spirit yet. Because inside of you is fear. It's a lot of things that you have believed. A lot of things that right there. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns. And Christ, who is the word, Christ the morning star shines in your heart. See, it doesn't, it, he, the light comes, it doesn't penetrate easily. There are, there are things in our heart, there are doubts and unbelief and things. And let's be serious, that's true. I don't have to preach this, it's what we do. There's this doubt and unbelief and things like that. He said, no, you keep, keep focusing on, on it until it pierces through that resistance. It has to pierce through that. Once it gets through Christ, the light of God shines in your heart. That's when faith comes. Faith doesn't come because you read it once and because you're even quoting it. No. There is an until. Church, I'm telling you people the gospel truth. And they, because we don't believe the Bible, so we think it's ritualistic things. You, you do this four times, you do this, all that junk. The, you can't even find, they find a verse that tells you those things. And yet people do them. Why? They don't know God. Jesus said they do this thing thinking that God will answer their prayer. He said because they don't know who God is. Until the dead dance and Christ the morning star shines in your heart. 20. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy of in scripture came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No. No. Those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. So what you are reading is not from men. Pay attention until it penetrates into you. That's what Proverbs said. He said, keep it in your heart. When you find it, keep it there. Keep, don't let it go. It has to penetrate. It has to penetrate. It has to what? Penetrate. It doesn't penetrate the first day. 
stop looking for why it's not happening. I said it here on Thursday. Any challenge is because you don't have the, not, the, the truth about it. If you know the truth, you'll be set free. He did. Because God can't lie. So let's look at this typical prayer. Acts 4.23. Let's look at this typical prayer. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders said unto them. And when they had that, you see, they reported all that the, the chief priests were threatening them, and they were really very violent. And when they reported all these things to them, in a typical 2024 Christian setting, what do you think they would do? They will start binding the devil, calling on fire to kill them. Don't look at me like that. That's what they be doing. See, when the blind leads the blind, they fall what? To the ditch. That's, that's a typical, that's the enemy. <laughs> yeah, that's what the typical group of Christians we do. But that's not what they did. It's not what they did. See their prayer. When they had that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art still God, which has made heaven and earth, and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the mouth, see, they took God's word to him. That's how you pray. God says, come, let us resign together. Say, remind me, bring my word to me. God wants to know if you honor his word, if you really trust his word. Not that he forgot. They brought his word to him and said, you said this. That's what you said. Jesus said, if my word dwells in you, if it controls you, ask anything. Ask anything. I want you to know how, many, how long did this prayer take. Ask anything. So God, Jesus didn't lie. Except we don't trust him. We don't trust his word. Verse 25, who by the mouth of their servant has said, why did the hidden straight and the people imagine ventures? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth, said, what you say is happening. Of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pantas, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand had what and thy counsel determined before long. Long to be done. The Bible said, when they finished this, the Spirit of God descended. And they didn't go to kill those people. He anointed them afresh. And they went and spoke the word of God with boldness and with power. And with their hands, God did many signs and what? Even to the extent that those people who were harassing them came and be became saved. They brought his word to him. Jesus said, if my words abide. To abide is, is active. It's alive. It's walking. It's walking.
so if we bring his word and make supplication, you know what supplication means? Supplication is asking with all your heart. Asking like, if God doesn't do this, nobody else. You have to make supplication. You need to pray with all your heart. You need to see God desperately. Supplication is a statement of faith that says, only you can do this. You can't be casual. Have you ever needed money? And then you, the person you are going to borrow the money from is living by 6 a.m. You wake up very early and go and stand at his door. I mean, it means you greet him very well. Even though you didn't need to greet him before, but you greet him very well. And then you, you, you begin to make your... You are, the, the way you make your request shows how desperate you are. Even with human beings. Luke 5, 17. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was what? And the power of the Lord was, oh, you don't have it on the board, okay. And the power of the Lord was present to what? Heal them. Look up here. Anywhere the Lord is, his power is there to heal you. You know, anywhere the Lord is, his power is there to what? Heal you. If the Lord Christ Jesus lives in you, then his healing power is in you to heal. You can't separate Jesus and his power. You can't separate him. The Bible calls him the power of God. So if Christ is here, then the power of God to heal is here. If Christ is here, then the power to do anything God does is right here. You can't wait until, you know, our light begins to blink, this one red and yellow, say, ah, the power has come. No. If Christ is there, his power is there. He's the healer. He's the provider by his spirit. And he said, well, two or three are what? And that's why we miss him. Because we don't believe what he said. We want to do something so that we can now do something that he has now come. But he said, if you, if you get that in my name, I'm there. If he's there, the power of God to heal is what? I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Even in your house. Right there. You know, the Lord asked me something. I was telling my wife. The Lord said to me, all this my power in you people, what do you do with it? He said, when I hear you talk like you are powerless, like you are slaves or something. He said, the greater one lives in you. And I told you, because of him, you have victory over, over the world. Over the world. He said, what do you do with my power in you? Do you know, the, he said, do you know what my power means that resides in a Christian? Verse 18, and behold, men brought a, a, on a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they, they, bring, they might bring him in because of the multitude, 
they went upon the what? Housetop and let him down through the tiling with, uh, with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their what? What did he see? That was the action. It's, they said, we will go to this extent because we found you are the power of God. Jesus said, wow, you really believe in me. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She wasn't supposed to come out. The law forbade her. The law forbade her. But she came against it. She walked against the grain. And the multitudes would have discouraged her. She pressed through. Why? She saw the power of God. Remember blind Bartimaeus? He said, he said, Jesus, the what? Son of David. Have. And then they told him to stop. Look at you. Look at you. You haven't looked at me. It's you. Haven't, me that I've been following around from city to city. It's you you listen to. My friend, just shut up. The man shouted. <laughs> the man. Desperation. Jesus to stay. Read scripture and find that God doesn't change. If God did that there, he would do it for you. God doesn't change. Again, it's part of not knowing God. It's important that you know God. So you stop all the religious things that don't help you. There are prayers with seven hours waste of time. God doesn't answer prayer because you stayed ten hours. He answers prayer because you prayed in faith. And you receive by faith. True or false? Yeah. Fasting is good. Fasting doesn't change God. Read your Bible. The whole, the whole Bible, there's no place that the Bible teaches anybody how to fast. It's not there. From the Old Testament to New, you can't find where anybody was taught how to. That they, we, are taught, we are taught to pray. Why not if, I'm telling you, we are taught to pray. There is nowhere the Bible teaches anybody that this is how you fast. You fast uh, 10 days. Nowhere. Because the Bible says food does not draw you nearer to God. Not that if you eat it or don't eat it, does. it doesn't draw you nearer to God. Fasting is about you. It's not about God. Because God does not cheat. It's about you. When you fast, it's you. It's your flesh you are taking care of. So we need to pray in supplication with all our heart. And then finally, you need to state your case. When you go to God, go like a lawyer. That's how you deal with your father. He loves you. He wants you to come. He's the one that told you, come now. Let's talk. He wants you to come. Go like a lawyer. You know, <laughs> one time, when, <laughs> when Kenichiko was very small, I took him to somewhere. He was very small. I took, I, no, I took him to somewhere. We see one of my friends. So he came out. He said, Daddy. He said, now... Four years old or something. He said, I'm no, it's not, it's not a joke. I said, he said, so I need a cook. He said, cook because you are four, four years. So he was making his case for me that as a four-year-old, I should not buy him cook. <laughs> but he didn't get it. He didn't work. I said, what? This one is so smart. He said, you want to come out? Because I sit him on the steering. You know what I'm driving? Like, very handsome boy, man. Everybody is like his father, so handsome like the father. You don't understand. So he said, Daddy, 
He said, I think he said four years or two, I forgot. He said, it's not a joke. I said, yeah. He said, so you can now buy me cook. I said, this, your argument does not work. You are going home to your mom. So, but God said, come. Isaiah 180. Come now, let us settle this. Hey! Come now, let us what? Settle it. <laughs> come, let us settle it. I, I like the translation of King James. He said, come now and let us reason together. New Living Translation said, let us review the situation together and you can present your case to prove your innocence, to prove your justification for me to do this. Bring your case. Blanc Bartimaeus brought his case. He said, you are the son, you are the what? Son of who? David. That statement is loaded. You know what that man said? He said, you are the promised king that God promised to sit on the seat of your father, David. You are the expected Messiah. You are the expected healer. You are the expected king. It's like you are calling on a king to save you from your enemies. Say, you are the one that God promised. And you are here. You are the healer. You are the power of God. I want to see. Make this case. When Jesus taught us to pray, he said, for thou art what? The kingdom. And the power. And what? So that's why I'm, he made this case. For thou art the glory. The, thou art what? The kingdom. The power. He gave reasons. He made it. He said, do this. Do it. I'm asking this. Because. Because of this. Your power belongs to you. The glory is yours. You can do it. Learn to make your case. So these apostles made their case. They said, God, you wrote it. You said it from the mouth of your servant, uh, David. That's why you need to have scripture to take to God in prayer. Do it now and see wonders. Don't do it now. Just do it. If you bring it, he start correcting you. He start talking to you. He will. He start teaching you. He start talking to you about. It. My mentor said he went to God and said, "Lord, you promised. You said if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land." He said, "I'm not eating the good of the land." He said, "I'm so poor. My children can't nothing." He said, and the Lord said, "That scripture you are quoting to me say." You are not even fulfilling it. That's your problem. You see how God started to talk him out? He said, what I said, if you are willing and what? He said, you are obedient, but you are not willing. So that's why you are not eating the good of the land. He said, really? He said, yeah, you, are, you, you do what I said, but you are grumbling. You are serving Jesus, you are grumbling. You are missing all your blessings. Because God wants a cheerful. The, the man said, I just stayed in a hurry. He said, don't he said, if you are as, as poor as I was, you are just quickly. So I just I said, Lord, now I'm willing. You're now willing, now I'm willing. The Lord said, you are willing. Now start eating the good of the land. And from that point, come and see what God did for you. You bring that scripture, start talking to you out of it. Start talking to you out of it. He's so faithful. He's not, he's, he's not there to frustrate you. No, he doesn't want you frustrated. He wants to answer that prayer. 
He calls himself the God that answered what? He wants to answer it. He wants to. He wants to. He loves you. He wants to. Nobody wants to answer it more than he does because he's your father. He said, why shouldn't I give you the good things? You ask me. Why? Praise the Lord. So here we stop for the sermon.